0: up, everybody. This is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network and host of the African History Network show. I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered as a panelist on Friday, September 22nd, 2023. And we discussed the possible upcoming government shutdown, the uh, culpability of the feckless Republicans and Kevin McCarthy. Here's that discussion.
1: You Right there, Michael, one of their own, like, yeah, we the ones who act stupid.
0: Uh, absolutely. Carl Rove, you know, I, I rarely agree with Karl Rove, but this is the time that I agree with him. And this is something I warned uh, people about during uh, the 2020 uh, presidential election and then the 2022, especially the 2022 midterm election, because during the first two years of the Trump administration, there were three government shutdowns in the first two years. And that last one, uh, December 18th, uh, December 2018, going into Uh, January 2019. That one lasted 35 days. That one was devastating.
1: Folks, uh, we continue to see craziness happen in the United States Congress. Right now, Republicans are truly losing their minds first over the Senate, changing the dress code because of Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman. Okay, gotcha. Now you got the madness in the House of Republicans have literally left D.C. for the weekend, even though we've got a shutdown that is looming. These folks cannot get their act together. They're literally stuck on stupid. So you've got Kevin McCarthy, that feckless Speaker of the House, who is being held hostage by his nutcase Freedom Caucus. When you've got Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene doing more talking than anybody else in Congress, you know you've truly lost your mind. The question is, when they come back, what are Democrats going to do? Republicans are demanding massive cuts to the federal Government, but aren't they the same people who voted for massive tax increases under, under Donald Trump, which of course added eight trillion dollars to the debt representing 25% of existing debt. So what are they going to do? What should our reaction be? Are we going to remain silent and then watch the right lose their minds and then try to force President Joe Biden to accept their cuts? And let's be real clear. These folks will shut down the government. In fact, I'm going to play a clip a little bit later uh, when Karl Rove talked about that. And he said, because this Fox News person said, well, why do Republicans always get blamed for shutting the government down? Karl Rove said, because they do. That's literally what they do. Y'all, they shut the government down when Trump was president. These people truly are nuts. My panel, Michael Imhotep, host hosts the African History Network show out of Detroit. Joins us, Matt Manning, civil rights attorney out of Corpus Christi, Texas, Killabathea, communication strategist out of D.C. I don't understand any of these nutcases. Hey, hold on, let me. Uh, Michael, they really are crazy. And uh, we don't have Michael yet. All right. So we lost Michael. So let me know when you get Michael back. Uh, I'll turn to uh, Matt uh, and Kelly. Kelly, uh, i start with you. I mean, here's my whole deal in this, in, in this whole piece. This is where we're Democrats. Should literally say you do you y'all let me know when y'all go through all y'all nonsense. I'll be here waiting. They, they should not commit to anything until the nuts in the house move forward.
0: And my thing is they fought so hard to get the majority. They fought so hard to keep power, Republicans, and then to use it or frankly abuse it in this manner in, in a way that does nothing for the American people, doesn't even do anything for their caucus or their own agenda. It, it is like they just thrive on chaos. They thrive on the misinformation and the uncertainties because the only way they can galvanize their base is if something is wrong and they can blame somebody else for it. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous up here in D.C. right now between that and indictments and impeachments that don't need to be here. It, it, it's crazy, and it's like no one is paying attention to the American people regarding what they need, how they need it, and how soon they need it because these are jobs and
2: lives that we're talking about.
1: Uh, Matt, again, these are the people who... They really don't care they're insane they're insane and they will without a doubt they'll shut the whole thing down just just because and you see they wouldn't even vote on a budget and mccarthy was like
0: man what's wrong with these people guess what kevin they're yours yeah and you see how they even put him in place i mean he's in a precarious position to begin with Considering they had so many votes to even let him be the speaker. And I think the reason is, Roland, partially is because they find that there's political capital to that, uh, you know, in terms of being obstructionist. That's why we're continuing to see it. I don't think that's sustainable. I think at some point, even people in their own constituency start to say, you know, you're not getting anything, uh, done. But that I think goes again to the, the crisis of representative democracy that we see now that you got people who are in office running to stay in office and who are not concerned about their constituents and the greater good. But it's because there has not been a political uh, price to pay for their, you know, asinine actions yet.
1: Uh, uh, Michael, this really is one of the funniest clips that I've seen. It was on the Fox News Sunday with Shannon Ream. A- and she thought she was sort of trying to make the point uh, defending Republicans uh, for getting blamed for government shutdowns. Carl Rove blew that up in her face. Go to my iPad.
2: Watch this. There's another fight that everybody's going to get blamed for, too. Another Hill headline says this, lawmakers prepare for shutdown blame game. Carl, this never seems to go well for anyone, but it does generally seem that Republicans get blamed for these shutdowns. Well, generally
1: because Republicans are responsible for the shutdown, they seem to eagerly want it. So, yeah, there's a reason why they get blamed, and, and, and look, the American people demand that their government try and run itself in an appropriate fashion, and the fact that the biggest financial and business enterprise in the world, the U.S. government, can pass a budget in time and then ends up shutting itself down over things that are on the margin. I mean, we're talking about uh, the difference between this and that. And. Uh, uh, the Republicans are going to be uh, shoot themselves in the foot in, run, in the run-up to the 2024 election if they continue to to, to think that shutdowns are a great way to, to
0: mm-hmm. put themselves in front of the American people.
1: But, okay. And then you look right there, Michael. One of their own, like, yeah, we the ones who act stupid.
0: Uh, absolutely, Carl Rove. You know, I, I really agree with Carl Rove, but this is the time that I agree with him. And this is something I warned uh, people about during uh, the 2020. Uh, presidential election and then the 2022, especially the 2022 midterm election, because during the first two years of the Trump administration, there were three government shutdowns in the first two years. And that last one, uh, December 18th, uh, December 2018, going into Uh, January 2019, that one lasted 35 days. That one was devastating, okay? And when you you talk about the government shutdown, about, well, at least going back to the last government shutdown, 2018, 2019, we know uh, about 18 percent of the uh, federal employees are African-American. So you had a lot of federal employees who went without getting paid for that period of time they were shut down, but this, but also you have federal contractors. You have some African-American owned businesses that have federal contracts. And, they, and if this gets to the point where federal contractors don't get paid, that means their employees don't get paid as well. Uh, so this, we, we have to understand political self-defense and self-preservation. You cannot let crazy people have control of the government. You can't let them have control of the House, Senate or the White House. So this is why, you know, um, 2022, the House flipped to Republicans based upon about 7,000 House votes in a handful of districts. This is why every, votes count. every vote counts. This is why elections have consequences, and we have to be smarter at this.
1: Uh, and uh, I always get a kid's kick out of listening to uh, that, uh, um, let's say, underage uh, lover Matt Gaetz. Uh, love to see him when he is whining and crowing about Kevin McCarthy. Remember when Kevin McCarthy was kissing his butt to get his vote uh, for House Speaker? Ooh, I love how he repays him.
2: Kevin McCarthy's fault that the government,
1: I the government is going to shut down.
2: Yes, and it's Kevin McCarthy's fault that the government is going to shut down because we didn't move individual spending bills. We cannot blame the Democrats for having not done our job to comply with the coalition agreement that we made at the beginning of the year. That is the fault of the Speaker, and I believe that if he does not immediately remediate that, Uh, he he will likely face a motion to vacate. I'm not for everyone. I get that. But a deal's a deal. And if Kevin McCarthy wasn't willing to honor the deal that he made to assume the speakership, then he should not have agreed to those terms. Inside Washington, D.C., people think they can just lie all the time with impunity and that no one's ever going to call them on their bullshit. But, you know, Kevin broke this deal. And I I intend to hold him to that deal or to hold daily votes on a motion to vacate. Yeah, I'm pretty frustrated. And I I had so much hope when Speaker McCarthy made this agreement that we could turn this place around during both Republican and Democrat control. But instead, all we've gotten are lies and broken promises and failure and shutdowns. And while that may be Kevin McCarthy's legacy, it will not be mine.
1: Yes, it will. (laughs) Because you're a liar, too. Gotta break.
0: Okay, so I hope you like that uh, discussion. I wanted to talk about a, a few aspects of this, because uh, we had limited time on Roland Martin and unfiltered. Um, I've dealt with this before, back when you had the government shutdown that took place in uh, December 2018, going into January 2019. And we know in the first two years of the Trump administration, we know there were three government shutdowns in the first two years. So let's look at a a few articles here dealing with this topic, okay? Um, And I want to also focus in on how this will negatively impact the African American community. Uh, Let's look first at this piece from uh, PBS.org, public broadcasting system, PBS.org. And uh, this one is called The Government is Headed uh, for a shutdown, okay, and this is—they uh, picked this up from the Associated Press. The government is headed for a shutdown. Who's affected, and what happens next? This is from September 23rd, uh, Saturday, September 23rd, 2023, okay. Um, and PBS.org picked this up. Now, uh, the federal government is headed—is uh, heading toward a shutdown that will disrupt uh, many services. Squeeze workers and royal politics as Republicans in the House, fueled by hard right demands for deep cuts, deep cuts in spending, force a confrontation over federal spending. You have people like uh, Matt Gates, as you saw in the segment from Roland Martin Unfiltered. You have uh, the crazy MAGA uh, Republicans uh, like Marjorie Taylor Greene and and some others from the Freedom Caucus, which used to be the Tea Party. Okay, now. What is a so we know spending uh, runs out September 30th, uh, the new fiscal year for uh, the federal government starts October 1st. Okay, here's a look at what happens if the government shuts down on October 1st. First of all, what is a government shutdown? Okay, now a government shutdown happens when Congress fails to pass some uh, some type of funding legislation that is signed into law by the president of the United States. Lawmakers are supposed to pass 12 different spending bills, 12 different spending bills to fund agencies across the government. But the process is time consuming, time consuming. They often resort to uh, passing a temporary extension called a continuing resolution or CR, which is a term that you're hearing a lot right now, a continuing resolution To allow the government to keep operating when no funding legislation is enacted, federal agencies have to stop all non-essential work. Federal agencies have to stop all non-essential work and will not send paychecks as long as the shutdown lasts. So you have furloughs and you have layoffs. Okay, So furloughs uh, basically happen when uh, employees are sent home and they're not going to be paid. Okay, a layoff happens when uh, there's no work for people to to do, and they're sent home usually and not paid. When you have layoffs, okay, so you're going to hear uh, possibly about uh, federal employees being furloughed. You're going to have other federal employees who have to show up to work, but they will not get paid until the uh, shutdown is over, and they will receive back pay. Now, although employees deemed essential, such as air traffic controllers, and law enforcement officers still have to report to work, still have to report to work, other federal employees are furloughed. Other federal employees are furloughed. Under a 2019 law, those same workers are slated to receive back pay once the funding impasse is resolved okay and this is this was something that was put in place um after that uh 35 day 34 35 day government shutdown ended uh in uh January it was, about, it was about January of 2019 all right now some people may ask the question and i've heard people um i've talked to people personally who asked this question they say well the the president and the white house submit the budget to, uh, you know, they come up with the the White House budget. They come up with the budget to fund the government. Why does Congress get to determine whether the budget gets put into place or not? Why are Republicans able to block what President Joe Biden uh, has said is going to be the budget okay that's a very good question the reason why is is because this goes to the US Constitution which is why you hear me constantly tell people to read the US Constitution okay now this comes from history.house.gov history.house.gov which is the history section of the US House of Representatives this deals with what's known as power of the purse power of the purse okay The ability to tax and spend belongs to Congress, not the president. That comes from Article 1, Section 9, Clause 7 of the U.S. Constitution. Quote, no money shall be drawn from the Treasury, but in consequence of appropriations made by law and a regular statement and account of the recipients of the receipts and expenditures of the receipts and expenditures of all public money shall be published from time to time. So this deals with power of the purse. The ability to tax and spend belongs to Congress, not the president, not the executive branch of the federal government, but the legislative branch of the federal government. Congress, and in particular the House of Representatives, is invested with the power, quote unquote, the power of the purse. The ability to tax and spend public money for the net for the national government, Massachusetts Elbridge uh, Jerry or Gary said at the Federal Constitutional uh, Convention that the House of Representatives, quote, was more immediately the representatives of the people. And it was a maxim that the people ought to hold the purse strings, end quote. OK, so read this. It deals with some history as well behind power of the purse. This goes directly to the U.S. Constitution. This is why I warned people during the 2022 midterm elections uh, how dangerous it would be for Republicans to take back control of the House of Representatives. You're dealing with crazy people. You're dealing with some crazy, MAGA Republicans and they want to shut down the some of them want to shut down the federal government. So I, I posted this on our Facebook uh, page, uh, Michael M. Hotep, and our Facebook fan page, The African History Network. Okay, Donald Trump wants a government shutdown that will hurt millions of Americans uh, because that will hurt. Donald Trump wants a government shutdown that will hurt millions of Americans because he wants to stop his federal prosecution. He is too stupid to realize that. Uh, That is not how the government works and his prosecutions will continue. All right. And Jen Psaki talked about this on our show on MSNBC on Sunday, uh, September 24, 2023. Also, the the article from uh, PBS.org, the government is headed for a shutdown. Who's affected and what's next deals with this as well. Okay. so here's what uh, Donald Trump uh, posted on Truth Social. All right. He said and then he posted this on uh, September 20th, 2023. He said a very important deadline is approaching at the end of the month, end of September. Republicans in Congress can and must defund all aspects of crooked Joe Biden's weaponized government that refuses to close the border and treats half the country as enemies of the state treats half the country as enemies of the state. This is also the last chance to defund these political prosecutions against me and other patriots. He's talking about uh, the domestic terrorists who attacked the, the US Capitol January 6, 2021, who he sent there, okay, to interrupt a constitutionally mandated bicameral, that means both chambers of the legislative branch of the federal government, a bicameral uh, ceremony where they conf- where, where they certify the electoral college votes. okay He sent them there to stop that process so he could stay in power. He could stay president. He said they failed on the debt limit, but they must now fa- but he said they failed on the debt limit, but they must not fail now. Use the power of the purse and defend the country. Okay, now I don't think Donald Trump has ever read the U.S. Constitution before. He sure doesn't act like it. Now he says he wants to suspend the Constitution. He said that before. He wants to suspend the U.S. Constitution. I don't think he's ever read it. Okay, this is why he has to be stopped in 2024. I warned you about him in 2016. I warned you about his authoritarian-like tendencies. He's gotten even worse. Let's go back to the piece from PBS.org, uh, Public Broadcasting System. Something else is very important: twelve different spending bills. Okay, now this is why understanding the u.s constitution is so important and there's a piece from uh there's a graphic from the washington post that deals with um uh the white house budget and deals with uh the federal budget okay and there are 12 and i'm gonna pull this up here uh there are 12 different committees in the house of representatives and the U.S. Senate that approve different portions of the uh, budget, okay? And this deals, there's a PDF from um, Washington Post. There's a PDF from the Washington Post that deals with the budget process, okay? So this one right here, let me zoom in on this. This is from uh, WashingtonPost.com. A guide to the federal budget process, a guide to the federal budget process, okay? And then it goes through and lays this out. This is why schoolhouse rock is so important. This is why we need, uh, there's a there's a lack of understanding of basic civics in America, regardless of race. This is why uh, we have to have forms where we can teach the constitution, teach this history, teach a basic understanding of law, especially federal law. The president's budget request is the first step in the complex process of funding the federal government. Now, this is by Karen Urish and Laura Stanton uh, for the Washington Post. Uh, So we have this flow chart. I'm not gonna go through the whole thing, but discretionary spending is subject to annual approval by uh, by Congress. Legislators have less control over mandatory spending which is, de- which is devoted to entitlement programs. So one, on or before the first Monday in February, the president submits to Congress a detailed budget request for the next fiscal year, which begins October 1st. Okay, the House and the Senate, their conference committees, their appropriations committees, their conference committees will vote on Uh, the budget in different parts of the budget. Based on the president's proposal, the House and Senate budget committees propose budget resolutions that sets targets for spending and tax revenue and identify any policies that will need to move through reconciliation. These are sent to the floor for a vote and differences are resolved in conference. Then we have the approval by 12 subcommittees, 12 subcommittees, in the House and Senate Appropriations Committees, okay? The House and Senate Appropriations Committees divided the discretionary spending set forth in the budget resolution among each of their 12 subcommittees. This is why you can't have crazy, crazy people like Republicans in charge of the House of Representatives because they control all of the subcommittees in the House of Representatives. Each subcommittee conducts hearings on the programs under its jurisdiction and votes on and votes out of committee of the bill okay the full committee marks up the bill the markup process and sends the bill to the floor both chambers pass their bills and iron out the differences in conference the house and senate vote again and the conference report is sent to the president for his signature or her signature or veto all of the appropriations bills are supposed to be signed by the president by October 1st but this rarely happens to avoid a government shutdown to avoid a government shutdown a series of continuing resolutions or CRs as we just talked about are approved to continue funding the agencies at the current levels reconciliation offers uh, occurs if Congress needs to legislate policy changes in mandatory spending or tax laws to meet the annual targets laid out in the budget resolution so it goes through the whole process this whole flowchart. okay this is from the Washington Post check this out share this with your friends and family a guide to the federal budget process this is why it's important to have competent people elected to office in the federal government you can't have MAGA Republicans you can't have scared republicans like kevin mccarthy okay in the federal government and also even though uh, senator joe manchin people like to pick on him even though majority of the time he votes the same way that uh he votes for policies that biden pushes there are other times when joe manchin is wrong like uh not voting to uh do a carve out to the filibuster rule for for the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, or uh, even his Freedom to Vote Act, which was a Voting Rights Act bill that he put together because he said he could get 10 Republicans to vote for the bill. He didn't get a single Republican, all 50 Republicans voted against it, as well as Kirsten Sinema, okay? She voted not to, even though she did vote for the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, she voted against um, changing the filibuster rule, okay? Now we know that in January of uh, 2017, uh, these two, along with uh, about 28 other Democrats, signed onto a memo saying that they would not change the, uh, make any changes to the filibuster. Now that Republicans were in charge of uh, Congress, or were in charge of the Senate, I should say. But things have changed. January 6th changed that, and Republicans are abusing the filibuster as well okay all right now back to uh, this discussion dealing with understanding a government shutdown now when would the government shut what is a government shutdown this is what we were uh, looking at uh, and we talked about a continuing resolution all right now when no funding legislation is enacted federal agencies have to stop all non-essential work and will not send paychecks as long as the sh- shutdown lasts. Although employees deemed essential, such as air traffic controllers and law enforcement officers, still have to report to work and other employees are furloughed. All right. Now, when would a shutdown begin and how long will it last? Government funding expires October 1st, the start of the federal fiscal year. A shutdown will effectively begin at 1201 a.m. on October 1st if Congress is not able to pass a funding plan that that the president signs into law it is possible uh to it is impossible to predict how long a shutdown will last with Congress with Congress divided between a democratic controlled senate and republican led house and speaker Kevin McCarthy's hard right conservatives looking to use the shutdown as leverage for spending cuts many are bracing for a stoppage that could last weeks. All right, now, who does a shutdown affect? Who does a shutdown affect? Okay, millions of federal workers face delayed paychecks when uh, the government shuts down, including many of the roughly 2 million military personnel and more than 2 million civilian workers across the nation. All right, um, now, uh, you could read the rest of this here. They talk about uh, TSA, uh, uh, Transportation uh, Security Administration. When you go through uh, TSA security at airports, uh, federal workers are stationed in all fifty states and have direct interaction with taxpayers, from TSA agents who operate security at airports to postal uh, service workers. Now, with uh, some federal offices will also have to close or face shortened hours during the shutdown. With uh, TSA, they would still have to. Ref- report to work but their but their paychecks would be delayed until after the shutdown is over with you're gonna have some government workers like that okay you can have others who will be sent home uh businesses closely connected to the federal government such as federal contractors or tourist services around national parks could see disruptions and downturn and downturns the travel sector could lose 140 million uh dollars daily in a shutdown according to the u.s travel industry association now we know that in uh 2018 2019 that government shutdown that lasted from uh december 2018 to january uh 2019 we know that call that that cost the uh u.s government uh 11 billion dollars we look at this article here from uh the new york times let's look at this one here uh, government shutdown cost U.S. economy $11 billion, CBO says. That's the Congressional Budget Office, which is a bipartisan uh, uh, organization. This is from January 28th, 2019. Uh, Alan Rappaport and uh, uh, Benny, uh, Benjamin uh, Applebaum for The New York Times. The five-week federal government shutdown. Took a significant economic toll, costing the United States economy $11 billion, with nearly a quarter of that total uh, of that total permanently lost, totally permanently lost. The Congressional Budget Office said uh, there was $3 billion uh, lost in uh, December of that year, and uh, there was um, another $8 billion lost uh, in January. Okay. Uh, All right, so read the rest of this uh, piece here. This talks about what happened in uh, 2019, uh, December 2018, January 2019 from uh, the New York Times. All right, now, if we continue here, let's go back to uh, the piece from PBS.org, Public Broadcasting System, originally from Associated Press. What about court cases, the work of Congress, and presidential pay? Okay, what about court cases? The work of Congress and presidential pay. The president and members of the Congress will continue to work and get paid. However, any members of their staff who are not deemed essential will be furloughed. Okay, uh, so they'll, they'll they'll be sent home. And um, uh, yeah, the, the, so they'll be sent home. Now, the judiciary will be able to continue to operate for a limited time using funds derived from court filings and uh, other fees, as well as other approved funding, as well as other approved funding. Notably, funding for the three special counsels uh, appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland would not be affected by a government shutdown because they are paid through a permanent, indefinite appropriation an area that's been exempted from shutdowns in the past. Okay, that means the two federal cases against Benedict Donald, the trade-in chief, the former president, as well as the case against Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, would not be interrupted. So Benedict Donald, Donald Trump, the trade-in chief, wants his mock Republicans to shut down the federal government because he mistakenly thinks that is going to stop his criminal prosecutions by the federal government. And the MAGA Republicans who are pushing this nonsense don't understand how the federal government works, which is why they need to be one of the many reasons why they need to be voted out of office. And two, Donald Trump does not understand how the federal government works, which is why he should never have be in federal office again, whether uh, nominated or appointed, the only thing he should have to do with the federal government, as far as I'm concerned, is being prosecuted by the federal government. All right, now let's go back to this uh, piece here dealing with uh, what happens during a government shutdown. Now, has has a government shutdown ever happened before? Uh, there have been 21 going back to 1977. Okay, now, prior to the 1980s, lapses in government funding did not result in government operations significantly shuttering or shutting down. But but then U.S. uh, Attorney General, uh, U.S. Attorney General Benjamin Civiletti, In a series of legal opinions in 1980 and 1981, argued that government agencies cannot legally. Operate during a funding gap, argued that government agencies cannot legally operate during a funding gap. Federal officials have since operated under an understanding they can make exemptions for functions that are quote unquote essential for public safety and constitutional duties. Since 1976, there have been 22 funding gaps. Some uh, sources say 1977, 21 funding gaps. Okay, since 1976, there have been 22 funding gaps with 10 of them leading to workers being furloughed. But most of the significant shutdowns have taken place since Bill Clinton's uh, presidency when then Speaker Newt Gingrich and his conservative House majority demanded budget cuts. Okay, this is what now, what's interesting is They want budget cuts when they're not in power, Republicans, when they don't have the White House, when they have the White House because they weren't talking about all these budget cuts during the first two years, especially of uh, the Trump administration. And Donald Trump ran up the national debt. He added eight trillion dollars to the national debt in eight years. Donald Trump added eight trillion dollars. I'm saying four years. Donald Trump added eight trillion dollars to the national debt. In four years, Republicans largely were not talking about all these spending cuts then. But now that they're not in the White House, now they want all these spending cuts. And they they consistently vote against policies that are beneficial to African-Americans as well, which is why they should never be in power again. Now, the longest government shutdown happened between 2018 and 2019, when then-President Benedict Donald, and congressional Democrats entered a standoff over his demand for funding for his fake border wall. Now, didn't Donald Trump say that Mexico was gonna pay for his fake border wall? But he's gonna shut, he shut down the government because he couldn't give funding for his border wall that he lied and said Mexico was gonna pay for. Now he wants the government shut down to stop federal prosecution, federal criminal prosecution against him. And Even if it shuts down, the prosecution is still going to continue. Now, that disruption in 2018, 2019 lasted 35 days through the holiday season, but was also only a partial government shutdown because Congress had passed some appropriation bills to fund parts of the government. Now, what does it take to end a shutdown? Well, first of all, you need some competent people negotiating. One Uh, it's the responsibility of Congress to fund the government. That's that they are constitutionally mandated to fund the government. The House and Senate have to agree to fund the government in some way and the president has to sign legislation into the law. Congress also relies on a so-called continuing resolution or CR to provide stopgap money to open government offices at current levels as budget talks are underway. Money for pressing national priorities, such as emergency assistance for victims of natural disasters, is often attached to a short-term bill. But hardline Republicans say any temporary bill is a non-starter for them. Any temporary bill is a non-starter for them. They are pushing to keep the government shut down until Congress negotiates all 12 bills that fund the government, which comes from those uh, 12 subcommittees in the House of Representatives and U.S. Senate, which is historically a laborious undertaking that isn't that isn't resolved until December at the earliest. Trump, who is Biden's top rival heading into the 2024 election, is urging on Republican hardliners. If they are unsuccessful, the gov- the shutdown could last weeks, perhaps even longer. Okay, so read the rest of this here. Uh, from pbs.org, the government is headed for a shutdown, who's affected and what happens. Once again, elections have consequences. Okay, As I stated on Roller Martin unfiltered, um, the difference between Republicans being in control of the House of Representatives and Democrats being in control of the House of Representatives was about 7,000 votes over a handful of House district races. Lauren Boebert, a la Colorado, she won her race by only 750 votes. Every vote counts. Every vote counts, which is why Republicans work so hard to suppress certain people's votes, especially African Americans. Uh, now, if we look at this, uh, CBSnews.com also has a good article. Uh, why does a government shutdown affect most? Who does a government shutdown affect most? Here's what happens to, to uh the agencies, America americans rely on Uh, this is from uh, cbsnews.com let's pull this up you can check this one out as well who does a government shutdown affect most here's what happens to agencies americans rely on this is from september 22nd friday september 22nd and there's just a couple of things let me on this. There's a couple of things I want to highlight on this one here. Um, So a shutdown occurs when Congress fails to approve a new new spending for federal agencies, which are generally barred from spending money without congressional authorization. Okay. There are some exceptions like activities needed to protect life and property. Each agency makes its own determination about which employees are needed to stay on the job, meaning the impact on federal operations can vary widely. All right. Now um, many, okay. Since no annual spending bills have passed a government shutdown would touch nearly every corner of the vast federal government. Okay. Since no spending bills Uh, Have passed a a government shutdown would touch nearly every corner of the vast federal government. Many federal uh, vast federal government, excluding programs that have permanent funding, many federal employees would be required to keep working without pay. Hundreds of thousands more would be furloughed and sent home with their paychecks delayed until uh their resolute until there is a resolution. Okay. So some would have to continue working without pay. They, they'll get back paid once uh, a budget is passed and signed in the law, like TSA agents, they would continue to work without pay. Hundreds of thousands of other federal employees would be sent home and uh, their paychecks are going to be l- delayed until the uh, there's a, there's a budget the budget passes and is signed the law okay so you can read the rest of this here I uh, talk about Social Security Administration seniors will still get their Social Security checks takes you through all, uh, all this and uh, they talk about one of the things they talk about here is food assistance okay the snap program that's on page three let's see if we can see this here Social Security uh, Postal Service food assistance while funding For the SNAP program, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program is mandatory. The actual issuance of benefits can be affected by a government shutdown since the Department of Agriculture employees are not receiving a paycheck. Typically, in a shutdown, according to the committee for a responsible federal budget, the USDA is authorized to send out snap benefits for 30 days after that benefits can become dicey okay so this deals with snap benefits that feed children children and families uh then they talk about air travel travelers may feel the pain at the nation's airports as a result of a shutdown as air traffic controllers and TSA agents, transportation security administration agents, would have to work without pay according to the White House. White House Press Secretary Kareem Jean-Pierre said a shutdown could mean significant delays for travelers and Transportation Secretary uh, Pete Buttigieg told Congress on Wednesday that a lapse in funding could at quote, uh, could at exactly the wrong moment, could come at exactly the wrong moment and halt training for roughly 2,600 air traffic controllers. There is currently a shortage of roughly 3,000 air traffic controllers in the United States, and uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg warned a shutdown would come, quote, at the very moment when we finally have those air traffic control workforce numbers headed in the right direction, end quote. Okay, so read the rest of this as well. All right, now, there's a couple pieces I want to look at uh, dealing with uh, how this impacted African-Americans in 2019. Okay, so, and I talked about this in 2018, 2019, when the government shutdown uh, was taking place. There's one from... Uh, let's look at the one from there's one from PBS.org that uh, I want to look at. And then there's also one from uh, thegrio.com. Okay. So if we look at, uh, oh, NPR, that's the one I want NPR, National Public Radio. Okay because this uh, the person who was interviewed here was interviewed was mentioned in the article from the grio.com. Okay, barely treading water while the shutdown disproportionately affects black americans. This is from national public radio npr.org. And let's flip over to this right here. Just a second. Okay. This one right here, barely treading water. Why the shutdown disproportionately affects Black Americans? This is from January fourteenth, twenty nineteen. This is written. Uh, this is written by Ari Shapiro. Okay, so in this piece, I'm just going to highlight this here. It says as the government shutdown enters its fourth week, becoming the longest in United States history, federal workers around the country are struggling to make ends meet. But according to uh, Jamal, according to uh, Jamal Lartey, L-A-R-T-E-Y, a a reporter with the Guardian, guardian, uh, theguardian.com, a UK publication, the shutdown is having a disproportionate effect on black workers and their families. African-Americans make up a higher percentage of federal uh, workers than they do the non-government workforce. It's about 18%, as I said, on Rolla Martin Unfiltered. That's in part because for generations, government has, worked, the government has provided good wages and job security to African-Americans who faced overt discrimination in the private sector. Ari Shapiro of NPR's All Things Considered sat down with Larty to talk about some of the ways this disparity is playing out right now. Okay. So, uh, he asked, uh, our Shapiro asked, could you explain the history that led to our situation today where African Americans make up a higher percentage of the federal workforce than they do in the private sector? James Larty said the federal government obviously has its own, uh, untoward history of racial discrimination from underwriting redlining and federal mortgage, uh, programming and excluding African Americans from new deal programs. But it also has been the institutional vanguard, the institutional vanguard of the nation's slow march towards equality, more so than the private sector at large and more than most state and local governments. In 1941, President Franklin Roosevelt signed Executive Order 8802, which banned race discrimination in the defense industry. Okay, now I talked about this. on Roland Martin Unfiltered when we discussed, um, uh, it was a couple of days before the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington. And Executive Order 8802 came about because A. Philip Randolph of the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters uh, threatened to put 100,000 um, African-Americans on to march on Washington to embarrass President Roosevelt if he did not desegregate jobs in the Department of Defense. So the day before the march was supposed to take place, because this was gonna be the original march on Washington, the day before the march was supposed to take place, President Roosevelt conceded and signed Executive Order 8802. All right, now let's continue. Uh, In 1941, President Roosevelt signed Executive Order 8802. uh, And that's largely seen as the most important move In support of the civil rights of African-Americans from Reconstruction, which ended in 1877, Reconstruction, all the way until 1964, when the Civil Rights Act was passed. The federal government, for fairly obvious reasons, uh, just did a better job of abiding by the uh, Civil Rights Act than the labor market at large. Okay, so then they talk about the racial wealth gap. We know that uh, African-American families have a fraction of the wealth of white families, according to the Census Bureau, for every $100 in white family wealth, black families have just over $5. Now, this was in 2019, okay? So what does that mean when African-American government workers start missing a paycheck? Okay, so the profound racial, uh, uh, Jamil Larty responded, the profound racial wealth gap in the US makes it far more difficult for the average African American to sustain a long period without a paycheck as compared to white Americans. We should note that the disparity in wealth is probably much less acute among federal workers. We don't have numbers of African American federal workers wealth versus white federal workers wealth is probably much closer than the broader disparity. But overall, African-Americans are less likely to have friends, uh, less likely to have friends, family, networks, access to credit, you name it. Things that will help you survive a period without a paycheck, they're less likely to have it. Okay, so uh, read the rest of this piece here. This deals with how African-Americans, generally speaking, are disproportionately negatively impacted by a federal government shutdown all right Uh, okay so read the rest of this here they also talk about uh women tell me about the gender divide women make up 60 percent of the federal workforce higher than a percentage they make up of the general population what's the significance of that gender divide on african-american families african-american families are about 10.5 percent of the civilian Labor force, but 18.4 percent African Americans. I should say not African American families. African Americans are about 10.5 percent of the civilian labor force, but 18.4 percent of federal employees. This is what I was saying. We make up about 18 percent of federal employees, but with 13.5 percent of the U.S. population. Now, according to data from the Office of Personnel Management, the share of federal workers who are African American women is roughly twice. As high in the federal government as in the uh, greater civilian workforce this won't this won 't be new to anyone who studies race in America or is cognizant of how it works, but it 's going to disproportionately affect african American women okay, so read the rest of this piece here, barely treading water why the shutdown disproportionately affects black Americans. This is from january fourteenth two thousand and nineteen from uh, NPR.org National Public Radio. Then uh, we look at this piece here also from um, January, 2019. This is from January 16th, 2019 for thegrio.com, which also cited, uh, this also cited uh, uh, Shapiro, uh, Ari Shapiro from National Public Radio. The name of this piece here is, and let me try to close out this ad here, uh, experts, experts state that the shutdown has deeply affected black families. Experts state that the shutdown has deeply affected black families while Americans have felt the financial hit from the shutdown. No community has felt the economic sting more than African-Americans. Almost a month in, the damage is not only taking place on the econ- economy, but it is also affecting many African-American federal workers and their families. Okay, so uh read this piece uh also. They talk about, uh, according to BusinessInsider.com, 800,000 federal employees and millions of government contractors are currently going without pay. This was this is from January 2019, okay. Um, and then okay, they cite the article uh, that I talked about, the piece from NPR.org. Irish Shapiro spoke uh, to uh, Guardian reporter Jamil's uh, Larty about the sh- uh, about how the shutdown has disproportionately affected African Americans who make up more of the federal workforce than any other population. Okay. All right. So uh, I'll read this piece here from uh, thegrio.com, and they talk about African-American businesses. Also, uh, uh, Jamil Larty Jamil's Larty also noted that there's no precedent for government contractors to receive back pay when the shutdown ends thus no one fully knows if they will receive income for the weeks that they were furloughed okay now i know that democrats in congress are trying to get a bill passed to try to give back pay to federal contractors who were laid off or something to uh, of that nature african american owned businesses make up 11.7% of registered federal contractors. By and large, these minority companies are going to be hit harder than others. So you have all these economic empowerment gurus out here talking about start a business and you can get government contracts and things like this. But some of them mistakenly say stupid ass things like we don't need to vote, we just need to do economic empowerment. Have you heard them say stupid ass things like that? My degree is in business administration with a major in marketing from Wayne State University. I taught entrepreneurship for seven years, managed a business consulting company for seven years, a black-owned business consulting company. I I managed African-American-owned companies that had had government contracts, city of Detroit, county of Wayne, state of Michigan. Okay, so I'm not talking about what I read in textbooks, even though I read the textbooks. I'm not talking about uh, what I saw in documentaries, even though I'm in seven documentaries. I'm talking about actually what I've done, actually putting together uh, bids for contracts, actually winning contracts, actually doing it, not reading about it in textbooks. This is devastating for African-American owned firms to have federal government contracts. And yes, we should have federal government contracts because we pay taxes. That's taxpayer dollars. So we're going to pay taxes and all that money going to go to white owned companies. That's stupid. The BusinessInsider.com also notes that the shutdown is not only the financial woe that America has to worry about, it's not the only financial woe that America has to worry about. Okay. The U.S. is also dealing with the negative effect of the U.S. China trade war. And this is back during 2019, uh, the US China trade war as well. Okay, so read the rest of this article. This is from the Grio.com. Experts state that the shutdown has deeply affected black families. This is from January 16th. 2019. So once again, this all shows us how elections have consequences. All right. And, you know, I teach, a, I teach a whole concept called political self-defense. Everybody visit, you know, if you like this type of information, give us a thumbs up, give us a heart, give us a like on, on this broadcast. Um, you can, you can register for the online classes that I teach as well at our website, the African history network.com. Uh, and, uh, Listen to the African History Network show also. But I, I teach a whole concept uh, called political self-defense. Okay. And I study politics. That's why I'm not just a historian. Okay. But I also study politics as well. And when we deal with um, uh, political self-defense, um, I'm going to show you some a couple of slides from my presentation here. It's not only about What people can do for you, but it's also understanding how to stop what people are trying to do to you. Okay? It's understanding political self defense. Okay, so let's pull this up here. All right, so political self defense deals with understanding how laws and policies impact the uh, economic conditions of African Americans. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources, and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties. Their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. Okay, laws create conditions. Conditions uh, create movements. Uh, people organize to fight against the conditions. Po- uh, legislation is put in pa- place. Policies are put in place to address the conditions that the movements were created to address. Uh, now. So when we look at six principles of political self-defense, we have to, uh, match, we have to elect someone whose policies best match our issues and concerns. This is why a black agenda is so necessary to give standards and hold people accountable. A black agenda is not what politicians give us. A black agenda is what we put together and organize and put together based upon understanding history, economics, law, and politics. And that's what we present to elected officials. I hear people mistakenly say I'm not voting for anybody who doesn't have a black agenda. This is what people said. uh, Some people said in twenty eighteen in Florida when uh, Ron DeSantis was running against uh, Andrew Gillum. All right. And I cautioned them and I said uh, they said that they weren't voting for Andrew Gillum because Andrew Gillum doesn't have a black agenda. I said, well, Ron DeSantis has a black agenda. He has an anti black agenda. And an anti-black agenda is worse than not having a black agenda. And you see how things are playing out in Florida from the attacks on African-Americans voting, from him putting together a, a police force to go arrest of African-Americans who were ex-offenders, who received their voter registration card in the mail. And, and they were told that they could vote to the attacks on um, the AP African-American uh, studies course. To the social to to the social study standards uh, coming from the Florida Department of Education that Ron DeSantis also supports, and uh, part of what is being taught to middle schoolers is that some African some uh, enslaved Africans benefited from skills that they learned. All this nonsense coming out of Florida, okay? Ron DeSantis has an anti black agenda. All right, so we have to uh, elect elect people whose policies best match our issues and concerns. Uh, Also, we have to um, create, uh, uh, elect somebody who can create an environment for us to push our agenda the farthest and get the most accomplished, okay? We have to, uh, number three, stop financing our own dehumanization. Many times we do this and don't know it. Like our pension funds, some of our pension funds are invested in privatized prisons. Okay. In January, uh, I think it was January of 2017, you had uh, employees in the city of New York who divested $48 million from uh, three privatized prisons. Okay. Because you can contact your benefits manager and you can find out where your pension fund dollars are invested or as as well as your 401k dollars. The teachers in California, through the uh, the California Teachers Union, they did the same thing after they found out that uh, some of their pension fund money was being invested in three gun manufacturers, including the uh, gun manufacturer that manufactured the Bushmaster AR-15 assault rifle that was used in the Sandy Hook shooting, all right? So oftentimes we're financing our own dehumanization And don't know this, this article right here, uh, June, June 8th, 2017, New York pension fund to back out of investments in private prisons. This is my presentation on political self-defense. Okay. Um, Then also let's see here. Uh, We have to uh, somebody who can be pushed. We have to elect someone who can be pushed in the right direction to do the right thing. They don't have to be perfect. I gave the example of, uh, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt executive order 8802 because he was pushed by a Philip Randolph. Okay. And the brotherhood of sleeping car porters. All right. Uh, read about executive order 8802 at Britannica.com. This this breaks this down in the role that, uh, a Philip Randolph played. Okay. Uh, Number five, we have to use leverage. You have to leverage our economics to enforce our political agenda. Uh, fec.gov shows the, uh, it shows all the corporations that have donated to a political organization. And it shows the names of people who donated to political organizations at the federal level, House of Representatives, U.S. Senate, things of this nature. Uh, leverage our pension funds, 401k dollars, etc. cetera. Read this article here from HuffingtonPost.org, The O'Reilly Factor on Fox News. The Black Org, Black Organization, helped oust Bill O'Reilly by hitting Fox where it hurts. Uh, it was ColorChange.org and about 80 organizations put pressure on uh advertisers of bill o'reilly and they got advertisers to withdraw money from bill o'reilly show the o'reilly factor on fox news so much so that his show wasn't profitable any anymore and roger ailes uh cut, uh, cut ties now he was dealing with um sexual harassment uh sexual harassment lawsuit as well okay but it was the right time, but they leveraged their economics to enforce their political agenda. Read this piece from MSNBC.com, April 11th, 2014. Lyndon Johnson was a civil rights hero, but also a racist. But the civil rights uh, organizers and Dr. King and the big six uh, African-American leaders, et cetera, they were able to put pressure on Lyndon Johnson to pass a civil rights act in 1964, a voting rights act in 1965. He did not want to pass a voting rights act in 1965, a fair housing act, in 1968, et cetera, um, executive order, 11, two, four, six, uh, September 1965, which was affirmative action. They were able to get a number of things, uh, from president Lyndon Johnson because they put pressure on him. Okay. Uh, and, and then lastly, we, we also have to elect people in the office who will protect gains that have been made. To be able to protect gains that have been made, we have to assess gains that were made as well, okay? So uh, th- this is understanding political self-defense, political self-defense. All right, uh, visit our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. Uh, register for the online classes that I that I teach. Uh, we teach them on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Maafa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach them in school. And uh, it is a 12 week online history class that I teach. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. Uh, You can register for that now at at a discount. That's on sale, $60, regularly $130. Even after the course is over with, you can still go back and watch it as much as you want to. It doesn't expire. Then Sundays, uh, usually 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Black Resistance Movements from the Haitian Revolution, U.S. Civil War, Civil Rights Movement, and Black Power Movement, 1800 to 1968, okay? You can support us through PayPal Cash App, dollar sign, The AHN Show through Cash App, through PayPal, PayPal.me forward slash The AHN Show. Okay, and this is all at our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. If you want me to speak for your group or organization, you can contact me right through the website. Click right here at the top of the page. Contact the African History Network. You can email me uh, right there or email me at ahnshow at theafricanhistorynetwork.com. Remember, right now it's correct wrong behaviors. not over till we win Wakanda forever. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Is your child struggling with reading, writing, learning loss, and a culturally irrelevant curriculum? Do you want your child to be outstanding at reading and writing, and also take pride in their culture? Then you want Reading Revolution Online. Reading Revolution Online is a web-based reading support program. We serve scholars in grades K through 8, and through our innovative approach, we help them build reading confidence and cultural identity development, equipping them for success in school and life. They learn about black heroes and sheroes through captioned videos, reading selections, and other activities. Reading Revolution Online is an experience for the whole family. Do it for the culture. Go to readingrevolution.org and get your membership today.